I have a cop and a podcaster that I really want you to meet because he has he has an interesting story. He has a fantastic podcast that is uh, that covers so much more than just law enforcement issues. And uh, so I'm really excited for you to meet Ken Fraunfelter. Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks, Betsy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I, uh, I want folks to get to know you because when I look at uh, the list of people that you have in, uh, interviewed on your podcast and, and some of the topics that you've covered um, and some of the responses that you've gotten, um, I'm fascinated. So I really thought folks needed to meet you and talk about why you kind of started on this journey, because first and foremost, you're a cop, right? I'm a cop. I've been a cop for what, 15 years about. Yeah. So let's first, let's talk about that. Now you're a veteran police officer mm -hmm. and, uh, and you work in the Pacific Northwest. Correct. And, uh, uh, first of all, just talk for a minute about your police career. What, how did you decide to become a cop and what have you been doing for 15 years? Well, I, you know, I got to that point where I was, uh, I was, I was, I got out of the Marine Corps. I had my family, I had kids and the whole thing. And I didn't become a cop till I was 31. And, a lot, you know, that's in a lot of places, that's, that's later, you know, a lot yeah, of people yeah. in their twenties. And so I, I got at 31 after my first divorce and I'd had kids and I had all this different stuff. I, I finally had the ability to go because I met a girl who was super supportive of me um, applying and going through all this stuff. I, I went in, I became a cop at 31. And I said, this is what I've always wanted to do. I remember telling my stepmom years ago when I was a teenager, I want to either be in the movies or I want to be a history teacher or I want to be a cop. You know, those three things. I don't know how they all come, they all match up, but they do. And uh, at least in my head. And then uh, being the cop was the one thing that I figured that I could do. Turns out that I I had some struggles and I, I learned to overcome those and um, become the best cop that that Ken can be. And uh, am I the best cop ever? I'm not going to say that. No, I'm not. However, I'm the best that I can be. And I, I try to do as best as I can. So um, struggle through that, go through, you know, reach out to people, say, hey, how do I be better? You were one of those people that I reached out to and said, hey, how do I be better? And, uh, you know, I, I just got a whole bunch of different uh, things thrown my way and learned how to be better. And uh, 15 years later, I'm still learning and growing and becoming the best that I can be. I love that. So somewhere along the line, uh, you decided to kind of share yourself with the world. But I want to emphasize that, um, you know, you didn't do it in a, oh, here's me and I'm so great kind of way. You decided to actually highlight other people and you developed the What's a Hero podcast talk about the impetus for that well i i was going through some times where i was i was really struggling i was really in a, a dark place and not not like uh violently dark or anything like that just more you know depression my kids had moved out um I, you know i i'm feeling kind of lonely and all this different stuff i mean my wife is always there and she's awesome um but it was that that thing where i didn't have a lot of lot to share and so i'm trying to go through and, and you know when you sit in your car you a lot of people just listen to music all the time when they work out, they listen to music all the time. Well, I was doing that, but I started realizing I, I want to do more and I want to be able to learn more and I want to be able to 
gather in more. And so I started reading and I'm the worst reader ever. I'm slow at it. I'm this and that. And so I, I, uh, I started um, looking into actually audio audiobooks. And so I'm listening to audiobooks, but I'm at the same time, I'm listening to, I start listening to more podcasts and I'm listening to people do their podcasts. And I'm thinking there's not, and there are, there are good police and law enforcement and first responder podcasts out there, but there weren't any that were giving me this tangible uh, attraction of what other police officers or, or, first responders were giving and, and what they had to offer. And I wanted to hear their stories because you can learn so much just from somebody else. And then in hearing somebody's story, you can be motivated or inspired by them. And so I said, you know, how do I, how can we get that? And so I figured, why don't we start one? Why do I start? And so I was, was at Guitar Center one day, I play the drums and my daughter was with me. She had come home for a visit and she was, and I was like, hey, this is cool. They had like a podcast, you know, package or whatever she goes you're into that sort of thing I said oh that would be pretty cool you know just out of you know out of a you know um, a whim well she decides to tell my wife my wife decides to you know get get me all the stuff that I need and I said I guess I have the stuff I got to learn how to do it so I had to teach myself how to do a podcast how to go through the editing and how to go through the posting and everything else and uh and how you talk to people and my first episodes might be a little rough but I had a buddy who had a podcast and he was one of my first uh, um, uh, interviewees, but he and I were also in the Marine Corps together. So we get in and, and we, I did it, I learned it. And I said, this is great. And so as I get more people on, I learn more obviously, but I, I really get a, a great sense of who these people are and, and, and what they have to offer. And I've, I've learned a ton from just interviewing people and talking to people and getting their stories too. And so it helps me as well. So one of the things I, I wanna, talk about is because you you know you were a united states marine before you Uh were a police officer and you know now we're for for about the last almost two years now and honestly really before um there the the term warrior which i know is uh, a term utilized in the armed forces sometimes to refer to people in it um we talk about warriors and warriorship in law enforcement as well and we've heard over the last uh, few years, probably since, since Ferguson 2014, that this yeah. the warrior mentality is a bad thing and it's dehumanizing um, for cops to have a warrior mentality, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you came from the Marines to law enforcement. Um, what do you have to say about that, about that warrior mentality in our profession? I think a lot of people, what we do in life is we, we look at everything as once you get one label, you're done, right? And everything is, is specifically one thing. And I don't think that we are, anything we are is one thing. I mean, look at yourself. You're a mother, you're a police officer, you're, you're a wife, you're, 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 you're multiple things. Just like me, I'm multiple things. So if I say that I'm just a warrior, Okay, I'm that's great, but then I have to put 100% into my warrior warriormanship, and that's that's not who I am 100% of the time because I can't go home and deal with my wife, and talk with her and have conversation with her with a warrior mentality. We're oh, we're going hey we're gonna watch you know whatever you know we can't do that. We're having hamburgers for dinner. You know that's not my thing, but I have to I have to be able to. Uh, specifically have when I need to be a warrior, I need to be a warrior. When I need to be a guardian, which is the other side of police 
police work is yes, I have to have a guardian mindset. I have to go protect children. I have to go protect um, the elderly. I have to go look for people who um, are struggling or, or having a bad day. I can't be a warrior um, specifically for that time. Now, if a guy's coming at me with a knife, I have to be a warrior at that time. But at the same time, I have to be an administrator sometimes because I got to go write reports all the time. So you have to develop all these different things. Now, if you put 100% of yourself into one thing, you're going to be good at that one thing. However, if you put, you put, you know, 33% of yourself into warriormanship, 33% in guardianship, 33% into uh, your administrative person, great, but you're still missing parts. So you must be able to be, we, as police officers, we have to do a whole bunch of different things. A mindset of having a warrior mentality is great, but not all the time and not 100%, but except for when it needs to be, then it needs to be 100%. Now, this profession, unfortunately, and you're still right in the middle of it, um, has become so politicized, um, mm. you know, not just regionally, but nationally. And uh, I, tell me your thoughts on that. I mean, I find it very, very dangerous. And obviously it is, as we see yet another year of um, murders, uh, you know, 30% increase nationwide, um, felonious killings of police officers at a record mm -hmm. high. Um, how do you think we got so politicized and, and why do you find that dangerous? And what do you think we can do about it? I think that a lot of what we do is it has a lot to do with this this social media that we have and 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 you know we we want to get we want to do it so we can stay connected and everybody wants to be able to talk with each other and but we spend too much time comparing uh comparing ourselves to the joneses you know or um and i say the joneses buy off the the uh the trope that says you know keeping up with the joneses but we were so worried about comparing ourselves with each other and then we for some reason we need to we, there's this need that this that we need to be able to compare ourselves always and then if you don't match up with what i believe then you're you're the enemy or you're against me and i think that we've lost who we are our sense of who we are because we're so busy trying to please everybody and get everybody to like us. And instead of, um, instead of just worrying about how everybody can be to help each other out, I've noticed in work specifically, and I've talked to other police officers that more people are saying, well, why do I have to listen to you? Cause I'm, I have you pulled over. I'm have a badge on. I, I'm, I have authority over who says you have authority over me. The state, the country, the constitution. I mean, all these different things say that I have, I have authority over you, not to, to, you know, push this power trip that I'm on, but because I suspect that you've done something that you shouldn't have done, and I need to talk with you about it. And um, there's 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 so much pushback anymore that we have to really talk to people and, and explain. So it it behooves us to have knowledge of our job of, of what it is that gives us authority. And that authority is derived from the people. The people say we have authority. And so that comes back to us. We say we have authority back to them because the people who are asking us this question have given us this authority. And so when we get into that part where um, everybody wants to try to fight back, we're, we're, kind of, we're kind of putting our arms up trying to figure out why I don't I, I, we're just trying to do this job that we've been asked to do to hold the line to enforce the law but um 
on the other side of it, people are wanting to push back because I think there's a lack of knowledge. There's a lack of understanding. There's a lack of, um, and that that's on the adults to teach the children. And uh, there's not a lot of that. There's, there's a lot of narrative teaching and, and um, what people think they want to have out there, but there's, there's not too much of that. And so, or, I mean, there's not too much of what reality is and, and it's, it's a struggle and it's hard to deal with and how we fix it. I don't know. I think just keeping everybody knowledgeable, keep, uh, keeping edu- keeping people educated as to what's going on and who everybody is um, and, and teaching your children that just because a police walk in the room doesn't mean that they're, anybody's going to get arrested and we're not going to take your mommy and daddy and all this different stuff. But uh, there's too many people who have done things they shouldn't do and the police have come along and said, hey, well, we got to do this. Not because it's a personal thing, but because it's a uh, it's just what their job is. So. Right. Polite society demands that we have some sort of law enforcement mechanism. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yet somehow that has been um, bastardized into a, oh, the police are dangerous and you don't have to listen to them. And, and now we've got in, in some areas um, where uh, county prosecutors are not going to prosecute resisting arrest, you know, even though right. that's that's a crime. And, and again, and I think a lot of people, like you said, are not well educated anymore into what laws we have, why we have them, you know, and again, the police yes. don't make the laws. I think a lot of people think, well, police are making these stupid laws. We don't make, there's not a single law in the books that the police have made. <laughs> we are tasked with enforcing the laws right. that um, the, the legislators uh, task us with enforcing and uh, and that has all become so um discombobulated and and obviously confusing for people i mean you're out there on the street uh mm-hmm. now on patrol and um and i'm gonna guess you see this constantly right where people all are looking time. at you yeah do they say hey i don't have to listen to you i don't have to do what you say yeah and then you have to enforce you have to force it and then everybody says oh well this use of force are going up the 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 numbers are going up yeah. And the only reason we're using force is because we're trying to affect an arrest or we're trying to enforce the law and people want to fight back. And we have an obligation to enforce the law. I know there's a lot of frustration out there. And again, you're you're in the Northwest where um, there's a lot of um, on the good side, a lot of really progressive um, things that have come out of the Pacific Northwest as far as uh, policing goes, mm-hmm. you know, community mm-hmm. policing and, and excellent, excellent crowd control techniques, things like that. But then you also have the downside of that, where uh, there are some very progressive politicians that are trying to yeah. limit what law enforcement can do, frankly, to the detriment of your citizens, right? Agreed, agreed, yeah. And you know, where, where I'm at, I'm, I'm very south of, of Seattle and Portland, which is, I guess, to the positive, <laughs> but um, the other side of it, yeah, there's a lot of, and it all, but it all, it all rolls downhill. It all, you know, yeah. it just flows downhill where, where if it happens to one police officer and it could happen in, you know, whatever Chicago or in, you know, Tampa, it, it could affect every, every other police officer across the country, even around the world. And so a lot of those things are, we are connected and uh, based off of how we, we perceive it or how we react to it, it, it makes a big difference in how we um, 
we police. Right, exactly. So let's talk about the podcast. Um, sure. for, I got to ask you, you know, how'd you decide on that? What's the What's a Hero podcast? Like what, what, because uh, what's a hero to you? Right. And that was, that was my question. As I, I said, I said, well, if I want to do this, what am I going to do it about? And then I'm, I'm sitting, I'm sitting downstairs at my kitchen table and I'm thinking, I'm going over different stuff, writing stuff down. And I said, um, going through is looking at other podcasts, their names and stuff like that. And I said, well, what, what do I want to talk about? I said, okay, well, how about heroes? What, what is the hero? And I'm thinking, well, what is a hero? And then thinking, okay, how can I make that sound a little better? So I said, what's a hero? Okay. How about the what's a hero? Because there's not, there's no others, but it's, we're still going to be the what's a hero podcast. And then, uh, so the question is in the title, what is a hero? So then people can come in and they can listen and they find out, well, what is a hero? And each of these people who, who come on there, a lot of them don't even consider themselves heroes. They look at themselves as being, I'm just a person. In fact, yeah, I've, I've had several people on there saying, I don't know, I've had dispatchers on there who have said, well, I'm, I'm not a hero. Yeah, yeah, you are. You you do stuff, and then I explained to him. I kind of break it down, and I had, I had a, a group of like I said these dispatchers, and I kind of broke it down as to why they were, and they're like, wow, we we really are, huh? And so it it, it that's where I got the mindset of having it be the what's a hero, and so people can look at it and say, well, what is a hero? Well, let's listen to this and find out what a hero is, and then um, you realize that it's not somebody. And I even have that in my intro is you know, have the definition of a hero, but then it's not just that. It's not just somebody who, who is, a, they wear a cape and they, they do great things and whatever. It's somebody who does something for other people, more or less serves other people with their life, you know? Absolutely. And, and I got to say one, one of your um, favorite podcasts that you did was um, on peer support and mm -hmm. you, you did it with, um, a couple of people I just adore and admire, and it's that peer support couple, yes. um, Kathy and Javi Bustos. Um, yep. Talk about talk about that, and then talk about the importance of peer support in, uh, you know, for first responders, including the military, because you know that's what you did before law enforcement. That peer support's amazing, right? I mean, it, and it's it necessary. Is. It is. And, you know, everybody has issues. Everybody has struggles. Everybody have, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, gotten a shooting and it was the worst day of your life. It could be, you know, you're having a hard time because your testosterone levels low or something, you know, whatever the case is. And uh, you're just not feeling whatever. And if you have people that are that are out there and they know you, you have relationships with people, they can sit there and say, hey, you're not you're acting your normal, your normal self. Are you OK? I'm well, yeah, I'm fine. And then you don't even re maybe realize it. And then all of a sudden, if you have people that know you, that have relationships with you, they can come in, they can come alongside. And the way I look at it is you've got a big giant ocean liner that's coming into port. It may not be able to, to navigate these small little detailed areas inside port. So you have a tugboat come alongside and, and guide them in. The peer support is that tugboat. You are the big ocean liner. That person is coming alongside just to support you, to get you to where you need to go. So you can either refuel, restock, whatever, and then you can get back out there into the, into the world and do the job that you need to do. And so that's the way I look at peer support. And I think it's super important because we all go through those times where we have to go into port. We have to refuel. We all have to re, you know, restock. We have to get back to the point where we know where we are and then we can go in and be who we are. And uh, it's very important that peer support is there and it, it it's it's a very beneficial thing because we're not going to get through this on our own. Sometimes that's why we have life. And that's why God put us on this planet for other people and with so, other people. 
what is your um we just have about a minute left what is your vision of the future for the what's a hero podcast you know i just want to i want to have it out there i want to go and, and uh, talk to people and get motivation get inspiration from people and have people learn something from it people take something away maybe send me a message saying oh my gosh that was so good because i i was able to grab that from it cool take something better your life with it. I'm not looking at making a kajillion dollars on it. I'm looking at helping other people and supporting people and, and motivating people. So people want to have a, a solid, positive lifestyle. And they're able to do that by knowing that police are there, that law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, everybody's there to help them and support them in this, not so much to dog them down or keep them in a, in a, in a place where they can't you know, help themselves or anything, but they're there to support and help each other. And that's um, and I think as law enforcement, it's our job to lead um, our cities, our counties, our, our states. It's our job to do that because we've been put in that position to do that. So uh, that's what I'm hoping that the What's Your Podcast can do. So where can people find you? Where can people find the podcast? Uh, you can find the podcast. If we, if we have our website. It's uh, the what's a hero podcast.buzzsprout.com. It has all of our uh, previous episodes. It has links to uh, your podcast, your favorite podcast platform that you can go in and you can download it from there. You can subscribe to it. Um, downloads help us, which is really great. You can find me also. I'm on, uh, I'm on Instagram. The what's a hero podcast is on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. And um, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. Ken, I can't thank you enough for, first of all, for your service and for spending time with us today. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use-of-force incidents. A use-of-force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use-of-force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.